Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome. It's Thursday, November 17th, 2016. We're on Sports Pod, week 11. Got a little uh, late start here this week. It's a unusual Thursday podcast. Got a little knocked off schedule from the typical Tuesday podcast, but uh, it should be back to Tuesdays going forward. Uh, there's a little uh, conflicting of schedules, and as partially due to uh, to a new addition to uh, the family here. Uh, let's uh, go out to Vegas and check in with Rob. Uh, what uh, little news you got there, Rob, to share with everybody? Uh, thankfully, it's not not a kid. It's actually just a little <laughs> little pup. So I'm uh, excited about that one. Got a new new guy to the family. So uh, he came in here Tuesday night flying Delta Cargo uh, in fashion. First class, doggy style. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, nice little golden retriever. Uh, he's pretty... Pretty cool dog. Pretty uh, pretty nice so far. He's not not too bad. So uh, he's fitting into the the old sports bed anyway here pretty quickly. There you go. You come up with the name for that thing yet? I did. Uh, we went. Uh, I should say we did. We went with Tonka. So mm-hmm. little uh, little Minnetonka Tonka toys back to the old hometown of Mound. There, uh, shout out, I guess. All right, well, that's good to hear. Um, I'm gonna be out there next week for Thanksgiving. Another uh, Vegas trip in the works. So it'll be uh. It'd be fun to meet the guy, but uh, enough uh, enough chit chatting here. Let's uh, first we'll start off the the pod here with a little recap uh, of Week Ten. The weekend recap. All right, so how'd you do in Week Ten there, Rob? Um, it's nothing, not nothing crazy or too flashy, but got one play home with that Miami over. I think we that Miami San Diego over at a two unit play on that. I know you like that and. Pretty sure you had a play on that as well. So uh, that got bet up a little bit before close, just like we expected. I didn't wasn't as much steam as I thought. It only moved up to like 49 and maybe even a 49 and a half. I released at 48, but um, it, it was pretty dicey there. I think we we could say after that first first quarter was it zero zero after the first quarter or three zero or something like that. But it was uh, yeah, still somehow uh, managed to get over, which. Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Knowing three quarters of play and still getting over, uh, it really wasn't even that big of a sweater, I didn't think. Uh, so that was that was good. And I also had the Dallas under, Dallas Pittsburgh under in that uh, that late game. So uh, it didn't get through. It you know went over, but I don't really feel terrible about that bet. So I uh, didn't work out this time, but one of those bets that kind of had the right right idea kind of just didn't work out. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, my week was pretty. Pretty good overall. I went two and one on my official releases, with uh, the lone blemish there being Atlanta, which was pretty much just a wrong side. But yeah, I had uh, that over with you on that Miami San Diego game, which it seems like the San Diego games that we talked about last week are another 
another high scoring shootout there. And, uh, and then I had my pick of the week last week was on Houston. I uh, released that at minus one and ended up being a horrific number, obviously, based on the fact that Jacksonville almost got to three there later in the week. But uh, nonetheless, even though they only won by three, it was even easier than that. It was pretty much a never-in-doubt right-sider. So that was that was good. So got my pick of the week home and went two and one of my first releases. So can't complain too much. Uh, but anyway, that's enough of uh, looking back there. So let's look. Go ahead and look forward here at uh, into week 11 and see what we can do. Um, first of all, I guess we should start, like I always is mentioning the buys. Who do we got on buy this week? Yeah, we got Atlanta, Denver, New York Jets, and San Diego Chargers. All right, so that's pretty, other than the Jets, the you know, Falcons, Denver, and San Diego uh, all being out. That's decent, some decent teams there. So got a slightly smaller card than... Uh, than uh, some other weeks, but uh, four teams on by. When are, when are the buys stop here? they got to stop here in a couple of weeks, I would think, and have full slates uh, the rest of the way here pretty soon. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'll look that up here quick, but yeah, that's a good, good point. So, anyway, um, while you're looking that up, we'll uh, jump into the Thursday night game. This will be, uh, unfortunately, won't be released until after the Thursday game's already kicked off, so I apologize in advance for... Uh, not getting the information out there on that, but you can uh, listen to that uh, and see if how right, right we were and kind of use it as uh, maybe a little litmus test to see how correct our opinions are going to be here for the rest of the week. But we will be anyway. uh, we will get that's we will break down this Thursday night game right right before kickoff uh, kicks off in eight minutes here according to my clock. So we'll get, we will get it in right before it kicks off. So we won't have any biased opinions if there's any big plays or anything like that right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah we we're not going to filibuster the whole time and tell the result and then talk like we knew what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so the Thursday night game is New Orleans at Carolina. Um, on this one, I, my guess was Carolina minus two and a half. What did you guess here? Yeah, well, I uh, I guess this one had a pick. Uh, my power range was New Orleans, even minus one and a half. Obviously pretty off base. Uh, the opener was Carolina minus four and a half, and the look at was Carolina minus four and a half, and... I don't know. I liked New Orleans a whole lot there. It just uh, doesn't really seem seem like too much there, just from the, the situation. Carolina came off with they just I don't know. Obviously came out to a big lead. I was actually on Carolina last week. Came out to a big lead and against Kansas City there and basically just folded the second half. Their first half they looked like they're having fun doing everything. Everything was clicking on all cylinders. Every you know every, whatever it was. And second half they just looked completely dead and folded folded as quick as they could. So. Just from a, a perspective from playoffs, when they're you know had five losses like that, they still kind of could use Kansas City from the year before as an example of trying to make it to the playoffs and say you know we can do this, don't give up yet. But now they're at six losses; it's you know such a small chance of if it is even possible that they're going to make it. So that's just a spot that I don't really like Carolina for. And on the other hand, with with New Orleans, I think they're a pretty decent team. They didn't end up losing there last week in a pretty horrific fashion with that blocked extra point. To have that Denver return, but I, I think Denver's a pretty solid team too, so I don't really take a whole lot away from that uh, for the Saints, and they're kind of on a pretty good streak there. So definitely like the Saints here to come back and bring everything they got to try to make it to the playoffs and uh, last little run, especially getting points. And obviously the, the market already moved a little bit uh, by by close. It's uh, it was at three at one point with with some juice towards the favorite, and then Carolina was getting a little bit of money, which I I really don't see that a whole lot. But it's pretty much right now at three with juice or with heavy juice or three and a half uh, with juice towards New Orleans. So, 
And I also want to mention that there are no buys after this. This is the last uh, last week of buys. Okay, that's good to know. Um, yeah, just not to uh, to not confuse people. You said you were on uh, Carolina last week. Was that your play that you originated, or you, were you tailing somebody there no, in Carolina? I was ta- tailing somebody on Carolina there, so I okay. minus three, so it looked pretty good. And then you know when you're up 17 points there at half or 14, whatever it was, and yeah, just just folded. Because <laughs> I know the uh, half of your pick of the week on that teaser was uh, Kansas City side plus nine, I believe. Yeah. So I just don't want to confuse people there and to, to hand turn that out one week and then uh, come back the next week and say you're on the other side, which yeah, would be exactly and uh, dumb, especially on the losing side. But <laughs> I just wanted to clarify there in case people were wondering about that. Yeah, and with the Kansas City too, it's just a lot of a lot of points. Is obviously why I put them in the teaser and. You know, nine points is a lot when they usually play pretty close games, so that's what you know didn't really shock me that they're in that game or came back there at the end uh, or the second half there. So I, uh, but yeah, just I think if anything, just a lack of shows how Carolina just uh, it, I just don't see them coming out. I guess that that that's strong tonight, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, this this is kind of a I think they're you know maybe a last stand for Carolina back against the wall should have quite a bit of effort in this one. They're what three and six, I think they are. Um, yep, they're three and six there, and so I think you should get a pretty good effort out of Carolina. It's just a question of whether it matters or not, and uh, I just don't think I just don't think Carolina's that good. And I know there's still a pretty strong sentiment in the betting markets, and with some some sharps that I've, you know follow on Twitter and listen to other podcasts and whatnot, that they still think. They got Carolina rated as one of their top five teams in the league, despite their record. And I think you know me; I don't. I've based very little off win-loss records. I think those are often used to overgeneralize generalize how good or bad a team's playing, and aren't really a true indicator of uh, what you're likely to expect going forward. So they're not really too predictive. Uh, and a lot of times, especially in the NFL, win-loss records can be very fluky. You know, it's. Like that Saints game that you mentioned last week, whether they make that extra point or it gets blocked and returned like it did, you know, that's gonna is that really gonna uh, greatly change your opinions on how good either of those teams are? So, um, but uh, so I do think uh, I don't want to look at just record and say, oh, how can you have Carolina top five when they're three and six? Because I think they do, I think they are an okay team, but. Uh, I think their record last year was pretty fluky too, at 15 and one or or whatever it was. I didn't think they were that good of a football team last year. So um, I guess I like the Saints getting more than three points here. I think this would just be a flat three at at most. Uh, but uh, I've, I've been hesitant to back New Orleans away from home, out on grass. Uh, in the past, because it just doesn't seem like it's a good spot for them. We've historically done that well. And now you factor in it's a short week on the, for the Thursday night game. I just don't like the spot at all for New Orleans. So, well, I think there's a little bit of line value on them. And I'd have no interest in taking Carolina at this price. I think it is a pass for me. So, I'll be on the sidelines uh, over this one. <laughs> Unless something changes in the next three minutes that uh, greatly affects the line. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, let's uh, go to the Sunday games here. And looks like the first game on the Sunday slate is Tennessee at Indianapolis. And on this one, I guessed Indy minus three and a half. What did you have? 
This one, I guess, Indy minus two and a half. My power rating was Indy minus three. The opener was what you had at Indy minus three and a half. And then look ahead from Westgate from the week before had Indy at minus four. And uh, we quickly, right after that line came out, I almost was going to pop on it, but it pretty much moved uh, pretty much right away. Tennessee money came in and moved from that three and a half to three. And now we're even seeing uh, either two and a half with really heavy juice or pretty much threes with, uh, with juice towards Tennessee. So... Um, and that's kind of where I thought it should be, just by my power rating and my my guess, and you know nothing 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 too much here. So I don't uh, have a lot of beef with that number, and uh, I think uh, if I had to, I'd probably go with Tennessee. I'd probably back Tennessee here, just in the obviously the underdog role, but they are on the road, and India is coming off a bye, so I, I guess it would be pretty tough to get to the window on either either of these sides. So I guess it'd be a pretty easy stay away. Yeah, they're both coming off pretty big wins against the Packers. <laughs> Huh. Which is uh, obviously a little bit sh- Schadenfreude uh, there for the Vikings fans, so that's nice. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of Tennessee. They, you know, a couple weeks ago against the Chargers when we were both on them, pretty strong. They couldn't get it done, and uh, but then they and they killed the Jags a few weeks ago on Thursday night, and then of course they demolished the Packers last week so I think there's some positive signs for Tennessee but I also don't completely trust them either and then how with up-and-coming teams like that or you know young teams or just un unproven teams how are they going to handle success is always a, a prominent question to be asked and coming off of even though the Packers really aren't that good this year I think they still kind of have that cachet as a you know historic good franchise so I think a team like the Titans could get a little overexcited about beating a pretty down Packers squad. So we'll see how they bounce back off that. Um, they are five and five and they're only what a game, uh, game and a half back of, of Houston. So they're still in it for the division. So I think you should get a decent effort. And of course it's a division rivalry here. So you should get a, a solid effort from Tennessee. I think, even though that is not a great spot. Um, I think the, Bigger variable here that's unknown to me is how is Indy uh, going to be coming off the bye? I'm, I don't think Pagano is a great coach, so I don't give him a huge bump for it, especially going into the bye off beating the Packers in Lambeau. They might be feeling a little too good about themselves, but there's, you know, they're only four and five still, so they're not in any great shakes necessarily either in terms of the division. So, um, they, they both teams should be fairly motivated, I think, and, I just think both teams are too inconsistent to really know what you're going to get. So, uh, like you said, if you take the, if you can get more than three, I think basically either way you would take them with these teams. I think they are kind of um, not necessarily evenly matched, but if you play the game out a hundred times, I feel like it might go either way, uh, fifty of the time. So getting the more than three points would be huge. But at, at the current price, at three, especially with Juice towards Tennessee. I, I'd still lean towards Tennessee, but I don't feel too strongly about it. So um, let's just go on to the next game. If you got nothing else to add on that one, the next game up we got here is Jacksonville at Detroit. Uh, three three AFC South teams here in the first couple games. Um, I have for this one, I guess Detroit minus six. What did you have? Yeah, I was a little light. I had Detroit minus four and a half. My power rating was Detroit minus five. Uh, the opener was Detroit minus six and a half, and the lookout was Detroit minus six. 
And right now we're seeing, you know, it's pretty much staying in that same little zone, six and a half range, maybe a few sixes and a few sevens uh, with juice towards uh, Jacksonville. So, yeah, I don't, uh, this is another game where I was a little light on them, power rating numbers to tell me to take Jacksonville, but it's just, you know, it's two, two weeks in a row they very easily could have won the game and they just kind of, not, not, not last week, two weeks ago against Kansas City, they very easily could have won. They just made some mistakes, and last, and then la, the week before, uh, or last week, I should say, with against Houston, they the, the, the score looked a lot better than it actually was. But from my perspective, it looked like Houston was pretty much had control of that game the whole time. I know you got to play on Houston and Jacksonville had a you know garbage time touchdown there to make the score look close. But I mean, they you know that's what Bortles does, Bortles does best is a little you know late late. I don't want to call it heroics, but you know a bunch of garbage time right there. So it's like. Yeah, with you know this big of a number, that's definitely in, into play here. Uh, so I would definitely have to you know lean Jacksonville, but it's just kind of hard to back them with. Just not a team I really you know rushing to the window to get to right now. But um, Detroit's you know kind of on a roll a little bit. They're coming off the bye, but I just uh, you know I don't, don't really want to back them either at this price range. And I think they you know definitely are due for a flat spot, and I won't be surprised if a bye after a pretty big win too. So. I think uh, you know it's either Jacksonville or pass, and I'll most likely be passing on this game. And unless it does get to seven, I might you know might take a little piece of Jacksonville then, because that's kind of just hard to pass up. Yeah, I'd agree with that analysis for the most part. Um, I don't Jacksonville. There was quite a bit of money, sharp money on them last week that was driving that price uh, against Houston, which and we both didn't get that. Yeah, which neither of us really understood and. Um, I just, uh, it's hard to imagine people are like having their money on this Jacksonville team and not that, not that bad teams don't have value because usually they are, uh, you're going to bargain by backing them, but it's just, there's just something off about this Jacksonville team that I just don't really have a whole lot of interest in backing. And even though they did get the cover against Kansas city a couple weeks ago, other than that, they've just pretty much been a disaster to, to back. So I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in them. Uh, to keep it, but like you said if it does get to a full seven, I might be slightly intrigued. But yeah, last week Bortles starts off the game with a pick six there against against Houston, and they get down. I forgot what it was, fourteen or something, pretty early, and and then uh, all of a sudden you saw the cage start rattling, and old garbage time Bortles was ready to go. His theme and, music and everything. Yeah, he finally got unleashed there in the fourth quarter, and. They uh, furiously came back and yeah, only ended up losing the game by three, even though they were really never in it the whole time. So it was a really just a classic uh, garbage time Bortles performance there. So it's it was pretty impressive to watch from that perspective, that's for sure. But uh, so I mean, basically, I guess if you're looking just to slide within the seven, uh, you'd take last week's game playing out the same way again this week. But um, yeah, I don't really know what to make of Detroit. I don't think they're very good. But they are leading the the North somehow now in the NFC, and if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs, obviously. So it's uh, pretty pretty shocking. I think that that's that's the case right now. Uh, I don't trust Detroit. They're a team kind of like San Diego. I think they're frisky enough where I, I like catching points with them, but I definitely don't like trusting them to to win by a margin here to cover the six points or six and a half. So I really have no interest in betting Detroit and even. Even teasing them down to a pick at you know the six point teaser when the team's favored by six six and a half seven somewhere in there is always pretty tempting, and I don't I don't think that Jacksonville's going to win the game outright, but I don't know if I'd necessarily trust Detroit fully either to throw them in a tease in this situation. So I uh, I saw a tweet from Sports Insights earlier today uh, 
They had updated odds from Bet Online for the NFC North division. And even though the Lions are in first right now, uh, the Vikings are still actually the favorite at plus 150. So they're favorite even though they're not, you know, you know, uh, overwhelmingly likely to win by any means still. But the Lions are plus 170 and the Packers are plus 200. So uh, they were saying just less than a month ago, Detroit was plus 2,800 to win the North. So that's uh, shockingly huge odds change. Kind of a little bit reminiscent to uh, Trump almost. But uh, hopefully this one has a different outcome. Um, anyway, so I, uh, this game's pretty pretty simple, I think. No interest in Detroit and potentially on Jacksonville, but most likely not. So let's just go to the next game we got up is Tampa Bay at Kansas City. And for this one, uh, I went a little high here. I had Kansas City minus 8.5. What did you guess? Yeah, and I was a little low, um, you know, pretty low actually. I had Kansas City minus five and a half. My power rating was actually Kansas City minus four. The opener was Kansas City seven and a half, and the look at was Kansas City minus eight. So yeah, this is a game I'm already my actually my one and only release play here is Tampa Bay uh, at that eight. I just thought there's didn't think it was going to stay there too long. I you got know, a Vegas shop that uh, had eight hung eight pretty uh, higher than the rest of the market when it first came out. So I, I jumped on that, on, I think, with Monday. I released that, and obviously it came down now, and I'm even seeing a 7.5 with juice towards it at that book, uh, juice toward Tampa Bay. So moving in the right direction, I, I won't be surprised at all if this closes at a flat 7 by by game time. And I just, uh, not that, and I kind of liked it a lot more, and then after I talked to you and I even watched a little bit of that game last week, uh, re- I didn't watch a whole lot of it. During Sunday on Sunday, but I did go back and watch some of it that Tampa Bay game in Chicago. And like you told me, it's kind of a lot of uh, basically a lot of Chicago mistakes. It wasn't much from Tampa Bay, but so I'm, I'm well aware of that going forward here. But at the same time, it's, Kansas City I don't think has looked great by any means either. They've been you know a little rusty, and I don't know if I'd say rusty, but Alex Smith maybe looks a little doesn't look quite as good as you know I expected even or whatever the last last game and stuff like that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see um, how it plays out, but I just think. That many points with Kansas City, I don't really like that play at all. Um, that's why I, I look at the Tampa Bay side and hopefully get a little line value and see if you know, hopefully they can make it at least a, a good game to keep, keep it in there. Keep them in there. Yeah, I uh, this is another one where I just don't really like. I I, I, can, I see where you're coming from there in Tampa Bay, and I just I've as someone who's backed Tampa Bay a couple times this year, and um, I just don't really have a whole lot of interest in getting on board with them again, although I do uh, do not trust Kansas City here to to cover margins and, and win win by margins. So that's the only way I would look at the game, but I just don't – I'm not really sure what to make of Tampa yet, uh, even though we're, you know, 10 weeks into the season here. Um, but I just – I'm not overly impressed with them. Uh, I guess – just kind of wait and, and see how this one plays out. Kansas City, I'd, I'd give them credit for coming back last week and getting that win against Carolina, but also, uh, I don't know, even though they're 7-2, and two, I, I don't, I mean, they're they're a good team, I guess, against, with and all the mediocrity in the in the uh, league right now, or at mediocrity, you know, is kind of generous. All the basically terrible teams or bad teams, uh, Kansas City is just kind of okay and consistently average and, or I guess, 
you know, a little bit above average, and they ended up winning a lot of games that way. So you got to give them credit for that. But I by no means look at Kansas City and think they're a great football team. So uh, I think it's kind of the case here is, you know, you're going to get from Kansas City for the most part. It's just a matter of is Tampa going to be uh, respectably bad, and then you're getting a lot of points here. And if they're really bad, then uh, then, no, then it might not be enough. So uh, I'm probably won't be involved in this game either way but uh yeah i can see where you're coming from with tampa and i'll uh, be rooting rooting that on with you yeah um, i'm a, by no means saying oh it's a great pick on a favorite lock of the week or anything along those lines but more just i think even that seven and a half i think if you can find a flat seven and a half i still think it's going to close at seven and get a little bit of line value and kind of just you know take the points and and hope it you know works out but i'm not won't be surprised either to see kansas city come in and look pretty solid and tampa bay look pretty you know get embarrassed but you know if that's the case i just kind of fold it up and say you know a bad bet and move on yeah absolutely i uh, think that's pretty reasonable and there's some sound logic there so i, I can see where you're coming from uh the next game up here we got is the other half of that tampa bay chicago game from last week we got chicago at the new york giants and my guess on this one was the Giants minus six. What did you have for this one? Okay, yeah, let's see. I had the Giants minus six as well. My power range was the Giants minus five. And the opener had the Giants at six before the Monday night game. I don't know. Did you? Did you? I didn't put anything else down. Do you know if that moved after the game specifically or not? Because right now I'm seeing seven and a half pretty much across the board. So I, if I had to guess, I would assume it probably bumped up to like about a seven after that game. Um, yeah, it looks like they reopened it after the game at about 7 with Juice towards the Giants. There's been a little bit of Giants money during the week is what kind of I'm saying. Okay, yeah, that's what I would have expected. I I didn't follow that super closely because one of those games I'm pretty much not going to be betting, so I just rather spend my time and focus on other games that I'm kind of in the, you know, somewhat might be in the arsenal. So, but that's, yeah, that's what I've expected. It opened up at 7, maybe a little bit of money towards the Giants, but, I mean, that's I've I, I backed the Giants here. I was even on them last uh well, this week, last week on Monday, and uh, I laid them at two and a half. They ended up closing at a, at a under, as an underdog, so they would have won if you would have got them at close. So I got a bad number, and I you know paid for that, and uh, it's kind of frustrating. I'm still still don't really see where the Cincy money was coming from. Again, kind of like that Houston game, it's just kind of dumbfounding to me, and a lot of people were on Cincy too. But me and you've been saying it all year. It's <laughs> the Cincy team. I don't think is really that good, and they got quite a few flaws. And Dalty doesn't really look too. His numbers look okay, but just from the eye test, he just doesn't look doesn't look quite as good as he did last year. And even last year, I didn't think they were a you know a great team by any means either. They kind of just got it done type of thing. So um, I'm not super high on the Giants, but I have backed them just from the price point and the, the value I saw a little bit on them, but. Didn't work out last week, but they did end up winning outright, just not covering the spread that I got. But that's you know just a my my fault thing and not getting the best number. Um, so with, with this game, it's it's tough because Chicago looked really bad. I thought that was kind of maybe a spot they could have could have stepped up there last week and and you know beat beat a pretty uh, like like you said mediocre to bad Tampa Bay team. We're not really sure what they are, and they end up end up just pretty much shooting themselves in the foot, and that obviously lost a few. Uh, few offensive linemen there on the right side, I believe. So then Cutler kind of was out of whack, and that's the, the whole thing kind of made it tough. So maybe not really sure what the status of those those are, but that'll make it difficult. But, I mean, this, like I said, that's just a game I'm probably going to be staying away because I don't really want to back Chicago after that performance. And, you, you know, Alshon Jeffrey's out as well. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's tough, but also not going to be laying this many points to the Giants because they're, they're really not that good of a team. Yeah, I... 
I think uh, just you know, if I think you can make a pretty decent case here for the Bears if if you want to. I think the the Giants we pretty much know what what they are. I think uh, at least in my opinion, even though they're six and three, I think they're just not the not uh, overly impressive either. I think they're pretty average, and you kind of know what you're going to get. The offense is pretty mediocre. Everything everything pretty much works through OBJ, and I don't really trust Eli a whole lot. And then their their defense has been better than I and I expected coming into the year, and they're they're pretty solid, but um, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to be blowing too many teams out, and uh, so I, I don't I don't like them as a favorite in this point range. And then on the flip side, Chicago, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when Cutler came back, they beat the Vikings there on Halloween, and uh, it was a huge. They looked pretty impressive. I know it's partially the Vikings have been awful, but uh, it was a pretty impressive game on their part. And then. Uh, you know they're feeling good off a huge division rival win against the Vikes, and then uh, they traveled to Tampa Bay in a short week, and what was a pretty bad spot for them, and uh, and then get smoked, and they looked horrible, and just basically shot themselves in the foot the whole game. Uh, so now I think uh, there's a chance for a bounce back here. So I think you're getting an extra couple points of value from what you should. The fact that it's up through seven, and uh, so I think. I think Chicago is probably a pretty good bet here. Um, like you said, you have to take a leap of faith that, you know, Cutler hasn't lost a locker room or the, you know, that they're going to be fully trying. And it does not help uh, not having Elshon Jeffrey in there, to your point. That's true. But I think for the most part, um, you're getting, they're just getting too many points here with Chicago to really pass it up. And if they can, can put out an effort anywhere even close to they did against the Vikings. I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of trouble covering this number against the Giants. So that's – I haven't officially released it or bet it yet, but uh, I think that's the way I'm uh, I'm looking here. And if if I do see the 7.5 start disappearing, uh, I'm absolutely going to grab one while it's still available. And uh, if it go, But if it goes higher, I'll just wait and uh, see if I can get an 8. But uh, I, I do like Chicago here in this spot quite a bit, so that's, okay. the, that's the way I'd look. Would you uh, obviously probably not? I guess you like Chicago, but even I, I like Tampa Bay in the game before. But I think Kansas City in a, in a six-point tease would be pretty enticing, and, and even, maybe even the Giants and something like this. But I, I think I like Kansas City more than the two at the same spread. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I, I mean, I agree with the Kansas City portion of it. I don't know if I, I just don't trust the Giants. I mean, I don't, I don't trust putting Eli in a tease is just asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh, I don't know how many times I've had Eli in a situation where he throws his fourth pick and he puts his hands on his helmet as he's walking off, and you're like, "What? What in the world am I doing here?" Back in, back in this deal, so yeah. uh, I could see. Uh, I like the Kansas City uh, teasing down potentially because I think that they they are like I like in teases or money line parlays. I like teams that I feel pretty comfortable. I know what I'm going to get from them. And then if you lose to a great performance by the other team, you know, so be it. But at least you know that you're going to get a solid effort from your team, whereas uh, teams with pretty high volatility like the Giants scare me a little bit. So I would personally stay away from that. But it, and, and on the on the flip side of that, like there's no way I would you know tease Chicago up to 13 and a half or 14 even because I think if you lose that bet, kind of like you said with the Tampa Bay Kansas City, if you lose that bet, you might lose it ugly. But that's just part of the part of the deal, and you got to have 
enough faith that more often than not you're going to win the bet. So they just if you lose it and they lose by 20 points, just rip it up and uh, and move on without feeling too bad about it. So anyway, let's uh, go to the next game up. We got is uh, Arizona at Minnesota, and this one I guessed Minnesota minus one and a half. What did you have here? Yep, same thing. Minnesota minus one and a half. My power rating was Minnesota minus three. The opener was a pick. Uh, at the Westgate, and the Westgate uh, had to look at it, Minnesota minus one and a half. Uh, I, I jumped on this. This is one of the other games I jumped on uh, right away. I guess the only game, really, that I jumped on uh, Sunday. I got I got Minnesota at a plus one. Uh, I thought that was... I usually don't like back in Minnesota a lot, especially the home team and all that stuff. I don't, you know, be a, not a homer type of person, but this is just a, a game where, you know, they're pretty much... Their stock's pretty low right now. You can't really get much lower than that than they've been for sure all year. Uh, but they just, uh, you know, I kind of like them in this, the role where they're kind of, you know, market's not respecting them and type of that. And yeah, they got plenty of problems. Don't get me wrong, but Arizona does too. So if you're getting a point at home, I think their home field advantage is one of the best in the league, if if not the best almost. And uh, especially when they are winning, maybe maybe not as much anymore, but. It uh, you know the new stadium and all I I don't know I, I I give them three and a half points for home field or almost just maybe slightly less than that and you know you're talking about a point getting a point at, at this situation so yeah Arizona is a, you know, a decent team but they they have they have problems here and and I think Minnesota might get it back together and get going on the ship here um, I I do like that they cut cut Walsh they're gonna get a new kicker in. and honestly I don't really care who it is as long as it's somebody I think it's actually gonna raise the the team's confidence strangely enough because Walsh has, you know, specifically cost him one game that I'm remembering two weeks ago. I don't know if he's cost him more than that, but um, you know, just when he misses, when you go out there and you have no faith in your in, in your in your kicker, it's just, it's just tough as a team. So, just uh, you know, some new blood is definitely going to help. Uh, hopefully, you can uh, get him going in the right right direction. So yeah, I do like Minnesota here a decent amount. I haven't released as a play, and I probably won't because now we're seeing, you know, the market shifted. I saw you know ones either Arizona or Minnesota or pick somewhere in that range, and now I'm seeing. Two two and a halfs uh, across the board, and uh, a couple rogue one and a half. So I don't know if we'll get to three before close. I probably not, but um, I uh, I don't really see a whole lot of Arizona money coming in here at this number. I wouldn't expect. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with your analysis. Uh, I think the only way I'd look here would be Minnesota at the current price, uh, especially at open. Uh, if we got to three, I'd be maybe interested in the Arizona side. Um, obviously land points with the, the state of the Vikings right now it just doesn't seem like a great proposition so but at you know one or two it's not not too uh, important necessarily so I don't know I just it's pretty depressing as a Vikings fan watching this team the last four weeks just uh, I just uh, the thing that frustrates me the most is they just seem like a poorly coached just dumb team which I hate it's like a if it team or coach or player gives a bunch of effort and just comes up short or isn't skilled enough to do it but they're you know smart and they're their maximum try, uh, effort out of them i can I give them a pass and i you know empathize with them a little bit but when uh they're doing stuff like they are in terms of just poor clock management and just decision making and that's just really aggravating to to watch so it's um, I don't know. It's been pretty aggravating as a Vikings fan. Uh, and that being said, I think they they're in a pretty good spot here to bounce back at home. But uh, I mean, if you've been if you've been betting them to bounce back here the last three weeks, it obviously hasn't gone too well either. So 
you got to take a little bit of a leap of faith that they're either going to get it figured out or that you think Arizona's just that bad, which is possible too. Uh, I don't think people – that was a pretty – I don't know if you can have a bad win necessarily, but that was about as uninspiring a win as I saw last week against the 49ers. They were, what, laying 13 and a half, 14 somewhere in there and ended up winning by three at home against what yeah, I think is probably – last second there, right? Yeah, you know, against one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. It's just uh, not too impressive on their part, so I, I don't know. And then um, it looks like Fitzgerald is likely to play now, even though he's somewhat injured and was limited in practice. But um, I, I just don't – I don't really like Arizona. I think Palmer's just a little – maybe you know, a little too old, and there just seems like there's something off about him. I can't necessarily put my finger on it exactly, but I just haven't been too impressed with him when almost every time I watched him this year outside of the, maybe that Seattle game where they tied him 6-6. That was, I think, probably their best game other than the Bucks game in week two. But um, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know if I really fully trust the Vikings enough to, to back them this week, but that's the only way I would look in this game at the current market. So... Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go to the next one we got is Buffalo at Cincinnati, and in this one I guess Cincinnati minus three. What did you have here? Yep, I was on Cincy minus three as well. My power rating was Cincy minus one. The opener was Cincy minus four, um, and then they kind of after the Monday night game they moved that down as well, uh, down to about three and a half or three, and. I mean, I think we both made our guess before the Monday night game, or at least I did. I did it Sunday. Um, it, I don't know. I like Buffalo a lot here because just like like I said before on the Giants, uh, I just didn't really have a whole lot of faith in Cincy. That's why I like the Giants uh, against them on that Monday night game. But you know, the, I, the, this was at like I saw five and a half or five right away because uh, at one point that I was going to take it, but I said you know I'm just going to wait until the Monday night game because I. I wouldn't have been surprised if since he would have came out there and looked halfway decent, then I could have kind of got even more value on it. But surprisingly, it got you know obviously not all moved down from the just from the Monday night performance. There's obviously some some money on Buffalo as well. But so that's the way I would have liked to look originally. But you know now it's down to you know, if you get three with with juice towards Buffalo or, or two and a half with juice towards Cincinnati on the favorite. So and if it keeps going down, if it gets like a two and a half flat, I. I, I, I might take some Cincy in my pocket at home here because I think they're in a spot where they're almost to a backs against the wall type of thing against uh, against Buffalo here after they kind of you know could have won that game against the Giants but didn't really I, even though I think they got outplayed they they could have still came like you know snuck away with a win there but didn't end up doing it and I think this might be a spot where they they might look halfway decent but I don't know if I really want to step in front of Buffalo either they kind of had the buy. They uh, you know, had those lot, you know, what was it, three, four losses in a row, or was it three? I don't know, whatever. Yeah, After they three. Came out pretty hot there and beat a couple of good teams, and they basically completely 180 their season. Now they're kind of 180 the other way again, where everyone's talking about how bad they are. So they have the big tailwind each way uh, for this the start of the season here for Buffalo, or the uh, more than halfway through the season. So I won't be surprised if they kind of get it together too, coming off the bye and you know figuring some things out. So. I you know originally would like Buffalo a decent amount with giving that many points when you're talking about more than three you know four five five and a half points but 
other three here, I think I'd, I'd probably be looking at Cincy, but I don't think I'll be getting to the window at it. Um, just with, you know, Buffalo scares me just a little bit, but and these teams I think just all in all aren't that great. But just in this situation, I, I won't be surprised if you know Buffalo comes out pretty hot here. So I don't, but I don't really want to take it at the, at the current price either. So like I said, two and a half, I'd probably lean Cincy, and you know, at, at three or more, I'd probably slight slight lean to Buffalo. Yeah, I, I understand the Buffalo money when it's up at four and a half or five or, or what have you, but I, I don't understand when it gets down to three minus one ten both ways. Yeah, who's betting what, then? Yeah, what's what's supposed to sharps are betting in midweek at three minus one ten when you could have just taken plus five a couple days ago or a couple hours ago or what have you? It's just uh, it's it's. It's just mind blowing. I know that's come some kind of a Fezzik harps on that all the time, but it's like that's just just I don't I can't I can't for the life of me figure out who's betting it at, at three like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's hard to imagine they're really that sharp. But there's usually usually the sharp money is, uh, has opinions uh, at open and then you know throughout the week and then uh, once the betting limits get increased a lot on game day, there will be some uh, some opinions that come in and. And uh, so a lot of the sharp money will flow in, but it's just really hard for me to respect whoever's been tailing this Buffalo move here midweek. And uh, I'd expect some buyback on Cincinnati at some point here, uh, whether it be game day or or later in the week here, because I think I do think um, Cincinnati is even though they played on Monday night, so it's a short week uh, coming off the primetime game. The, the fact that they lost and they're three, five, and one now. There is kind of a backs against the wall, uh, you know, kitchen sink type effort. I, I think probably coming coming for them this week. So and I don't don't totally what to make of Buffalo off the bye. Uh, I think Rex Ryan. I think I like him as a coach more than most people, but I still don't think he's one of those coaches that's going to be putting together a spectacular. Plan or scheme for uh, for Cincinnati this week on the bye, so I don't upgrade them a whole lot for that. So I, I do like Cincy, especially if it can get underneath under three here. But even three at, at even money um, seems like a pretty attractive bet to me. So I'm, uh, one way or another, I'm probably going to have some Cincy in my pocket here by the end of the week. And I just yeah, Buffalo, they've lost three in a row, but they've all been fairly competitive. That, that Patriots game, I guess, really wasn't in the middle, but the Dolphins' loss was close, and then the Seahawks' loss was close. So it's not like they've been horrible. I think they can be a little misleading when you, when it seems like they've uh, been, you know, lost three in a row here. But I just think Cincinnati. Well, which team do you think is better if they played on a neutral field? Would you do you, do you think Cincy's better or Buffalo? No, in, in a vacuum on a neutral field, who would you take? I think Cincy'd make a one-point favorite. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I think Cincy's got a little bit more talent and just uh, slightly a better team. So I don't think the uh, situation's uh, overly uh, dominant enough to the point where it should make uh, a swing you know, too too much in Buffalo's favor. So I like Cincy a decent amount here, and we'll probably end up being on them. Yeah, and that's what I want to say real quickly. It- even with the you know supposed sharps and stuff like that, there's a lot of moves like specifically this year, and I you know that's pretty questionable. Like we we we'd be, I'd be against them more than I am you know in past years, and it's just like what what are they even seeing? I don't really I don't really get it. But then it seems like now they have that original 
you know, Sharp or Syndicate group that's making those bets. Then you have this team that follows that that's basically just following those plays just because they see some, you know, see some markets moving or there's some steam on something. Then they're just going to, you know, trail that thinking, oh, they know something that I don't. But it's like, you know, so then you can really get an overinflated line if, you know, it gets adjusted just from that group that I don't really necessarily agree with that much anyway. And then you have somebody that just blindly backs what they're betting. And then it's like, all right, well, then you're even getting a bigger, you know, it just gets it more out of whack than the other way. So it's just like it's, you know, kind of hard to comprehend. But then I think that's just kind of the market, uh, at least in today. So it's something to kind of look out for. Yeah, and I think there's like a common misnomer that people think like, oh, who are the sharps on today? And, you know, who, who are the big money, the betters on and, and stuff. And just because people have a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean they're sharp or they're going to win more often than, you know, than they need to to be profitable. And and not only that, it's there's a lot of it's not like there's one consensus, you know, group where we all get our card and we walk to a table and we're, we're considered sharps <laughs> and we're in the sharp club. There can be a, a, an opinion by two very sharp betters that are on opposite sides for a game. So it's not like there's always a sharp side, but there are times where you'll get a pretty strong opinion across the board from a lot of sharp betters that all happen to be on the same side. Uh, but we've said it over and over again, but the number is the most important thing. And so something like this, the sharp guys taking the buffle right away, knowing the number's going to go down. That's a great bet. But the people that are tailing it uh, are are not making good bets. So you're not going to get get rich uh, for sure. Finding out who the sharps are on and then just tailing them after the line moves because that's it's not profitable long term. And if it was to do that, then everybody just do that and and we'd all make money and everyone would be happy. But it doesn't work that way. So well, you'd be a lot of, you'd be better off fading. Uh, sharp moves after the line adjusts, uh, putting a little bit more um, respect for the the opening number and where the market was, or you know where the market was set at, than you would sometime, or then, then you would just following blindly those uh, those sharp moves. So basically, I guess my overall point is you got to have your own opinions and understand the way the market moves. Uh, to a point where you're you're making your own decisions and and then using the uh the way the market moves to your benefit as opposed to just going in blindly and and looking for sharp money and and then tailing it because you're going to end up getting your your teeth kicked in so that's just not a viable long-term strategy for anybody that's uh, trying to do that but anyway uh the next game up we got here is baltimore at dallas dallas of course off that pretty impressive win there last week at pittsburgh and baltimore uh they're off a bye right um yes Okay, um, on this one, I guess Dallas minus six and a half. What did you have here? Yep, same thing. I had Dallas minus six and a half. My power rating was Dallas minus six. The opener for Westgate had Dallas at minus seven, and the look at was Dallas minus six and a half. Uh, we've seen some money from Dallas a little bit here. Uh, seen some sevens with decently heavy juice, minus 120s, uh, almost across the board, minus 115s, uh, towards Dallas on the favorite. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't really get it. I guess where that money's coming from. This, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not a big Baltimore fan by any means. They, they've, you know, won a couple games here, but it just. I don't know. It's just hard for me to imagine that you know the Dallas is getting that much support. Um, I, I don't. I just really don't like it. It's more than seven. Yeah. If you, at six and a half, I was thinking about taking just because I knew it was going to go up. But I'm just really curious to see who's betting the seven. Um, you know, even seven minus one ten on Dallas. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So. 
Uh, I, I would I'd be kind of surprised if it got to a seven and a half, but um, just by the way the market's moved so far, I guess you know it's, it might might happen. So if it does, I'll probably be on Baltimore. Just another kind of like a kind of like my Tampa Bay bet, be the same type of thing. Just take it, take the points, and hopefully Flacco doesn't make too many mistakes, which is definitely possible. And hopefully Dallas doesn't play you know lights out or anything, or maybe eases up a little bit, especially after a big game. But I think it's more just a, a spot situation. Like I said, Baltimore coming off the bye, I like that. And they are coming off a win, which is I don't really you know, give them too big of a bump then when they come off a win and, and a bye, not as much as a loss and a bye. Um, but with Dallas, I think they're kind of sandwiched in between here. They got um, – this is kind of a little down game between the Pittsburgh game and then who do they got next week? I've drawn a blank here. Is it – They got week? Washington. Wa- uh, Washington, okay. I thought it was a bigger game Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, okay. That's in uh, Washington's – they're five, three, and one, so they're they're winning and, record and, in division. Okay, that's yeah, that's what it was. And the division game, yeah, right, right. So, um, anyway, this this might be a little bit of a letdown spot for Dallas, but I think kind of been saying that all year. So, I don't know. I think if I if I do get a seven and a half before before post, I'll probably just take another Baltimore. But definitely not going to be laying points here with Dallas buying buying the stock super high. But I would maybe if you did like Dallas, I'd maybe look at them and maybe a tease or something like that. Uh, I think they could probably win the game here outright. Yeah, I was going to make that point. I think this sets up pretty well for a, a teaser game. Um, and just to clarify, we were both incorrect there. With Baltimore wasn't off a bye. They had that Thursday night game against the Browns. Oh, so that's what it was, yeah. It was yeah. kind that's of right. a mini bye of sorts to get a little extra time to prepare, a little time off. So, I mean, <laughs> in, uh, in all reality, it basically was a bye playing that awful Browns team where they just coasted to do a win. So, um, you know, whatever. It, you can almost treat it as one. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't think Baltimore's any good. I haven't really thought they are all year. And the last couple wins against a hobbled Ben coming off a layoff, and and then against the Browns team at home on a Thursday doesn't really change my uh, my opinion of them too much. So I mean, one thing you can say for them is most of the games they've lost, they've lost close, so they don't get blown out. Uh, I think Harbaugh's a really good coach and and keeps it close and. Flacco can be awful, but he can also do enough to to keep him in the games. And you know the typical Flacco sideline downfield bomb where they underthrows him and they draw the pass interference. He's bound for one or two of those a game. So um, you gotta give him, even though I don't think they're any good, you gotta give him enough credit that they they usually keep games close. And their losses this year, they lost to Oakland by one, Washington by six, the Giants by four, and the Jets by eight. And so even in uh, even in their losses, they're you know they haven't got beat by double digits yet, and uh, so and it's it's possible, but I do think that that's a lot of points to to be betting Dallas. I don't really have a whole lot of interest in that, but if you wanted to tease Dallas, I think that's a solid play because I, I mean you got to give Dallas a lot of credit um, going into Pittsburgh and what well, there's a lot of a lot of sharp support for Pittsburgh. I know last week where they thought it was just a, a great spot for Pittsburgh and you're going to get a spectacular effort from them and they i think they pretty much did come with that effort but dallas was just good enough to absorb it and and end up getting the victory there so i think dallas is a pretty good team which (laughs) isn't uh you know the boldest of statements when they're eight and one but uh i think we've both been pretty hesitant to buy into dallas all year so i think i'm finally giving them uh, enough credit, or, you know, the credit that they deserve here. So but there, there's been some team. I don't know about eight and one, but even last year, you talk about the Falcons. Were they five and zero, six and zero? Ever was they started out with, and and we could tell they were a pretty faulty team. And 
But Dallas, they've been they've impressed me just for the fact that they've came up in spots that are letdown spots and big games that they could easily just not show up for. And they've you know there's been a, at least three or four that I can think of this year that they you know could have easily done that, and not one of them have they have they done that. So um, I think that is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I mean, I think the, at some point there's going to be a a bad week for Dallas and. Whether it's this week, uh, I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not sure. But um, uh, so I, if I don't know, I feel pretty confident teasing them down to basically where they just got to win the game. But I don't. I don't really feel comfortable uh, laying laying points and having to win by a margin when they don't. Even though they've won, uh, they beat the. You know, they blew out the Browns a couple weeks ago. But other than that, and then they beat the Packers fairly handedly, I guess. But. Um, for the most part, it doesn't seem like they're not the type of team that you know, has the high-powered passing game that's just blowing people out. So I don't really like laying a whole lot with them. And, and Baltimore is a team where even they can, they're not even that good, but they can kind of keep her close. So as I've said before, I guess I'm just kind of reiterating the same point. So uh, let's I don't I don't have any play on the game, but I'd I'd be I'd lean Baltimore, but I'd also be tempted to, to tease Dallas down. So anyway, let's go to the next game here. We got is uh, the last of the early games is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So how many early games is that? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we got eight early games. That's that's a solid, respectable number. I like I think eight's a good number for uh the early slate. Uh on this one I guess Pittsburgh minus ten and a half at Cleveland. What did you have here? Oh wow, yeah. Uh big number I had let's see, why why can't I find it? I don't even have that game. What? Why is it missing on my sheet? That's weird. Uh, I haven't done that all year. Oh, it's at the top. That's why. <laughs> Weird. Okay, I had Pittsburgh. What was your guess? Sorry, Pittsburgh what? No problem. Uh, Pittsburgh minus 10.5 was my guess. Okay, I had Pittsburgh minus 8.5 was my guess. Power rating, Pittsburgh minus 6.5. The opener was Pittsburgh minus 8.5. And, and the look ahead at Westgate was Pittsburgh minus 8. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of Pittsburgh money. Uh, not a whole lot, I guess. It's it, uh, pretty much the same. It's either 8 at some places, and then I even see a 9. That are, I think a lot of those nine, a few nines I see are just for the teaser protection, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, I don't really have a lot of this game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, power rating I, you know, tells me to take Cleveland, but every time you know, I, I have Cleveland about you know, two points of value, but it's one of those things, like, are they going to show up or not? So I don't really want to you know, beat the dead horse with Cleveland. It's you know, either Cleveland or pass to me, but I do like you know, Pittsburgh. You know, if you're going to tease Pittsburgh, I think it isn't a bad play either, getting them down to a, you know, a two or – uh, I'd say, no sevens out there. I guess I see a seven and a half, so yeah, a, a two, one and a half, something like that. That's not won't be terrible either. So I think either you know Pittsburgh tees or, or Cleveland and take the points and, and hope. But definitely like laying this many points with Pittsburgh. Although I do like the spot where they you know, should be pretty aggressive here and uh, need to need to come out and make a statement. Yeah, I think we can safely say we know pretty much what we have in Cleveland, and there's not much. Um, I I don't think there's really a whole lot to discuss on their front. Uh, oh, one. What? Am, am, am I reading this total right? That can't be right. What? It's no way. It's at forty-six. That seems way too low. Yeah, I mean, you got Pittsburgh as an over team. The, why, why, why is it, it earlier? There was not the earlier. I haven't checked it. I think in a day or something like that. But it, it wasn't. It opened at like forty-nine or forty-eight. Yeah, it looks like it's just been getting steadily hammered down here. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> is there something would, is there something going on here that we don't? I know they're talking about RG three is getting close to coming back, but 
he's still out. I don't know what's going on. Is, oh, maybe it's weather-related? Weather, maybe. there's the looks like there's chance of showers. Oh, yeah. high, and high, okay, that's 25-mile-an-hour wind speed. Okay. So that must be, be a weather-related thing. But, yeah, if you could strip the weather out of there, if you get some information that the, the weather reports are a little overblown, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> um, You could. that's pretty good pretty great number pretty good value if you get in over there with basically we talked about how cleveland's a huge over team with just an awful secondary and give up a ton of points and they're frisky enough on offense for this team to to score some to to help get it over the total but and then yeah pittsburgh's offense is obviously pretty elite so that's a insanely low number if uh you can figure out if the weather's not as big of an issue as uh might, might be built up to be here yeah, and that's obviously one of those too good to be true lines because without the weather, that'd be a you know instant overbet. But I uh, haven't been paying quite as close attention here this week, just having that new uh, newcomer into the family been you know kind of time consuming and stuff. So, but yeah, that uh, it's I definitely know, uh, even with the wins, I don't want to be taking under. Cause, I mean, obviously at this number, you're losing so much value through a couple of key numbers, forty nine and forty eight. So I might uh, yeah I might maybe make a little bet on the over here at, at a forty six. Yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about before, following sharp money. You know, whoever was the first one to to get the weather information and make a move on it and just betting under 49 and a half under 49 they made a good bet but the people who kept tailing them or betting under 47s or now if someone sees this and says oh wow somebody must know something i'm gonna go ahead and jump on the under and you're taking under 46 that's just not not a good profitable long-term bet so it's and, and it just got pounded again i just moved from heritage and moved from 46 and a half to 45 and a half it's just like my god the steam chasers are out in full force here tonight, I guess, huh? I guess. So, anyway, yeah, from a side perspective, I don't have a whole lot of interest in the game. I'd probably tease Pittsburgh down through three because I think there's they're going to win the game uh, overwhelmingly likely. So that's the way I'd look. Uh, Cleveland just hasn't done hardly anything to impress me all year. But I don't feel uh, you're not going to catch me basically ever laying eight or nine points on, on the road in an NFL game. Just not something I'm really interested in. And uh, at this point in the season, I'm really not a whole lot interested in Cleveland for the most part, uh, especially against Pittsburgh, which they haven't been too impressive by any means. But uh, I think they, even though they're four, only four and five, I think they do have a little bit uh, of potential if they can get things going. And even if they can get anywhere close to uh, things you know, right, right the ship at all, they can uh, steamroll Cleveland pretty easily here. So... I'm not going to lay the points, but uh, I do think Pittsburgh won the game. So, on to the afternoon games. Uh, looks like the first one, we got three of them. So, I, I always like when you can get the four, but we only got three. So, the first one up we got is the debut of Jared Goff in the Rams hosting the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I guess this was before the Goff news, uh, just FYI on this. I had the this game at a pick what did you have yeah same here i did the sunday before the news i had the rams minus one as my guess my power range miami minus one the opener was a pick uh at westgate and the westgate look ahead was the rams minus one and a half i uh, i like miami here uh and before the line i mean it's not a huge line move but you know move from la to being either a pick or a short favorite to, to miami being one and a half two and i even see a two and a half so i would uh I like Miami, but, you know, if you talk about getting three, obviously start looking towards the Rams, but it's kind of hard. You don't really know what you're going to get with Goff, and 
everything. I think Miami has looked decently impressive once they got their line fixed. They won they won four games now in a row. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. And uh, that's just uh, I don't know. So I don't really want to step in front of that because I think they have looked decently solid. But I uh, don't know if I want Goff the guy to be able to take them down. Uh, not to say that they're you know any great commodity, but the Rams have just been pretty awful too. So I think just uh, you know, don't want to you know hit beat a dead horse. I think it's pretty much just stay away here and see what we have with Goff and, and see what we can do mo- moving forward. Yeah, I would lean uh, Miami just because, uh, and I'm breaking any new ground here and any new news, but uh, if Goff was third string there for a while and couldn't even you know, couldn't even really sniff of scaring Keenum for the starting job for this long into the season with how mediocre to bad Keenum's been, that's uh, not too too good of a sign there for uh, what the the Rams' opinion of Goff has been this year. So it wasn't a case where they were just kind of slowly coddling him and, and bringing him along, and, and he was kind of on schedule. It was more so it seemed like they were ready to give it to him. He just was that bad and, and couldn't take it. So I think you might get a – potentially there might be a little bit of value betting against Goff uh, if he is not good. Uh, instead of you know waiting for him to come out and put up some bad tape and be horrible, and uh, then the markets react accordingly or most likely even overreact to that, you might be able to get a get ahead of it here for the first game and um, fade him at a pretty cheap price. Uh, that being said, I I don't really totally trust Miami. I'm not a huge fan of them, and laying points on the road now doesn't really seem like a good idea with them. But uh, that's that's the way I think I would go. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to end up with a bet on this game or not. I will be watching this one uh, pretty curiously to see how Goff does look and uh, and uh, if there basically any uh, conclusions you can take away from that game to potentially make some money going forward. But I likely won't be involved with this one on Sunday. Uh, so the next game we got up is the New England Patriots at the San Francisco 49ers. And my guess on this one was the Patriots minus 13 and a half. What did you have? Yeah, this one I had New England minus 14 and a half. My power rating was New England minus 10 and a half. Westgate opened New England minus 14, and that was also the look-ahead line. Um, seeing a little bit of San Francisco money, kind of like as I expected, my power rating, I'm not going to bet. New England, unless it gets down to like a ten and a half range, uh, and I still probably won't even bet it, I guess, because I just don't like laying doubles. Pretty much almost any situation, it's just kind of hard to do that. But yeah, I don't think there's really not a whole lot to say about this game. New England's going to have a little chip on their shoulder after losing in a primetime game against Seattle last week, and you're going to see a good performance. And San Francisco had you know played decent, especially if we talk about from a point perspective. They played really good last week um, against Arizona when they were about the same point range here or spread spread range as last week as they are here and they almost you know had a chance to win the game uh, and lost by a field goal there at the end so they're a little bit frisky so i mean it's just just has a little pretty much blowout written all over it but i just don't know if it's a blowout by 10 or a blowout by you know 20 25 so uh, i'm just gonna be staying away here uh, nothing only thing i can look is at the total and uh 51 51 and a half and i i only can lean over but uh, it's already pretty high as it is but i think you know, San Francisco, just uh, their defense basically quit on Chip Kelly, I think, and Brady obviously is going to be pretty scary. So even with this high total, I think the only way I'd be looking is you know, slightly in over the total. Yeah, um, my breakdown of this game will be pretty quick. I don't don't want any part of San Francisco until further notice, and I don't want any part 
of laying double digits on the road. In terms of total, I agree with you. I'd uh, like to take the San Francisco games over the total, even though I uh, didn't get there last week. But uh, now with a potentially Gronkless New England and uh, 51, uh, it's pretty high. I don't know if I don't know if I really like you know that's the only way I'd look there too. But I I just don't think I can quite get there doing that. So and then San Francisco to their credit, the only time they've been frisky all year has been at home. So uh, that's even more uh, more reason to stay away from betting against them. Or um, if they are frisky at all, it'll probably be defensively, and that'll keep the total down. So, for me, this is about about as easy as passes uh, as you can get here in the NFL. So, let's uh, just go right on to the next game. Uh, we got is Philadelphia at Seattle, and this one, I guess, Seattle minus three and a half. What did you have? This one, uh, you said three and a half. Yeah, this is one of my worst guesses. Okay, well, yeah, I don't really disagree with that. I'm just wondering, I just didn't hear you right. But uh, Seattle minus four and a half is my guess. My power rating was Seattle minus four. Uh, the opener was Seattle minus four and a half, and the, and that was before the the night game. And then uh, the look ahead was Seattle minus five. After the night game, it got bumped up, I think, about two points to about six, and now we're seeing a little bit of Seattle money, uh, six and a half. Uh, and I even see a seven that just popped up with juice towards Philly. This is a game I like, you know, at the number, even where it opened, uh, I almost should have locked in before the game. I, I kind of like Seattle there, in that kind of no man's land, three, four, five range in there. Kind of where our power range would. I, I like Seattle a decent amount. I think they would have been worth a good look coming home. I uh, really don't like back in Philly a whole lot on the road. They've, I think they've been a lot better, specifically Wint at home. Seems like he's been better at, at home than away. And but you know you're talking about this 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 range right now it's definitely a no, a no bet for me but if it does climb up to seven which early indicators look like it might get there um, or mid midweek indicators I should say now I guess not not Tuesday podcast but yeah, if it gets to seven I think uh, Philly might be worth a little small bet and um, I, I do like the total I actually did get steamed earlier today from forty I got a forty four and a half in my pocket so I do like the the under in that in that game but right now we're seeing forty two and a half and forty threes in, in that contest so I think I'll uh, I won't recommend a bet at this at this number now. Yeah, I'd look to the Philly side here. I think I still don't. I, mean, I give Seattle a decent amount of credit for winning last week, but I still don't come away from it thinking, you know, Seattle's back. They're the best team in the NFC or a team to beat or anything like that. So I think Philly's good enough where um, they, they deserve a little bit more respect. But that being said, um, after that pretty big – pretty big win for philly against the falcons last week and what was uh you know a decent spot for them there now they turn around and fly to the pacific northwest off a win uh it's not not a great spot for them necessarily and uh, i mean uh, for seattle it's not a great spot either coming off a huge win against the patriots uh and then flying all the way back across the country too that's so it's not necessarily a great spot for them either, so I'm not upgrading Seattle on the spot, but I think I downgrade. Um, I don't think you're necessarily going to for sure get Philly's max effort here, so I'm maybe a little bit hesitant to back them. I, even though I do think you're getting a little bit of line value on Philly, I think that uh, the 6.5 is just quite a few points to be getting with a above-average team, in my opinion, and uh, against a team that I think is just above-average and not uh, an elite team like they have been in recent years. So... Even though I do think, uh, even though I would kind of want to get to Philly, I don't know if I'm going to quite get there just due to 
somewhat uh, concerns from not necessarily motivation, but just that they're going to get a, a spectacular effort out of Philly. I could see if just, you know one or two bad things happens to them, uh, it could get fairly ugly. So, uh, and then it's also one of those games if they do lose by thirty or twenty something or whatever, you could uh, very easily see. In that situation, people just kind of giving them a pass on and saying, "Oh, you know, going in Seattle, whatnot." And, uh, so, I could see I could see a scenario where that plays out. So, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in in betting on Philadelphia, but that's definitely the way I'd look. So, anyway, and in terms of the total, I definitely agree with you on the under there. Uh, I didn't didn't get in on it at uh, before the the move move word, or the line moving down there. So. Probably just stay away from that as well, but that's the the way I lean would be towards the under as well. So anyway, the uh, Sunday game we got uh, Sunday night game I mean is Green Bay at Washington. Uh, this one, my guess was Washington minus three. What did you have? Yeah, I had Washington minus two and a half. Same for my power rating, Washington minus two and a half. The opener was at the Westgate had Washington minus three, and the look ahead was Washington minus one and a half from the week before. Uh, this is a game, not a lot of movement here. Two and a half, and seeing threes with uh, you know, even money at, on, on Washington, uh, juice on Green Bay. So I don't really know what to make of this game either. Uh, it's Green Bay has obviously been kind of shockingly bad all year long. They've you know, some big losses at home, and people coming in there that shouldn't really come into Lambeau and kind of you know dust them a little bit. And uh, they just haven't really showed up. There's not not the best quotes coming out of the locker room either. With you know here. Things you hear with McCarthy about McCarthy and and Rogers and everything else—it almost seems like a. I think I've even heard it from other places, kind of like a color situation, uh, or the old color situation with people kind of turning and stuff like that. So I don't really know what to make of it exactly. And, and Washington has been kind of you know riding pretty well. They they did beat Minnesota, but uh, last week. But I don't really. I don't know. That was a. Uh, not not a game I was super impressed with from Washington coming out of that. I don't think uh, yeah they got the job done, but they kind of you know got a little bit of a lead there and didn't really do much in the the second half and let Minnesota with a pretty awful defense at the start of the second half there kind of come back and get a couple quick scores. Uh, so that was you know, pretty alarming, I guess. So I don't really know what to make of this game, but I think I'll probably just stay away. Uh, total fifty fifty one and a half. I. Uh, I don't really know how to make it the total either, so I guess I'll just be maybe staying away from this, this Sunday night game altogether. Yeah, I I think the number is pretty much right where where it should be. Um, at three, I, I I think Washington's a decent team, not great, but they're not not bad either. They're just kind of what they are. They're all right. And the Packers, I, we've been talking most of the season about how we don't really like the Packers. We think they're overvalued, but um, now. After losing four of their last five, I think the market's kind of uh, sold on them enough to the point where, or, you know, has has sold their stock on them enough to the point where I think it's kind of numbers caught up with where they should be priced, and uh, I think this is about right here. So I guess I'd have a small lean to to Washington, um, and at still not necessarily alive in the division, but. Uh, potentially, you know, they're still alive for the wild card, so they, they should be fully motivated. And then, of course, Green Bay is uh, is still alive there in the north. So, with how bad that division is, so um, you know, the motivation should be there from both teams. Uh, and then, of course, the primetime game, uh, you know, adds to that. And then and the Packers, I think, still have 
potential to, you know, they have a higher ceiling than some bad, bad teams. So when I say they're bad, they still, when you're talking about uh, a variance that a team can give you, I think the Packers are pretty high up there in terms of what to expect from them. So it's a little bit tougher to uh, feel comfortable projecting how good you think they're going to be because I think there is a wider range of potential outcomes for them. And in this game, I could you can see the bad Packers that showed up against the Titans last week and just got absolutely slaughtered. Or we could see that uh, team that started off that first half against Atlanta a couple weeks ago. And if that's the case, then I think they can beat Washington fairly easily. But um, I, I say I wouldn't bet on that, but I don't feel super confident in that either. So uh, basically, uh, probably won't be involved with this one either unless something crazy happens with the line. But and if it does, and it looks like there's been a little bit of Packers money here. So if it does get below three, um, I, I might be tempted to take Washington, but I also don't think it's a great spot. So if I do, it'll just be something small. Um, won't be uh, won't be involved too heavily in this one. So the last game of the week is the Monday Nighter between Houston uh, at Oakland, and my guess on this one was Oakland minus six. What do you have here? Uh, this one at Oakland minus four and a half. My power rating was Oakland minus four. The opener was Oakland minus three and a half. The look ahead was Oakland minus three. And uh, right, right shortly after it opened, it quickly moved to four and a half, uh, kind of where I thought it would be. And then it's been kind of constant Oakland money. <laughs> uh, up to six is now five and a half. I see one place. And I don't know if it's not really sure where, where this is going to go. I don't. I, I I don't know who. Yeah, I guess we'll kind of wait and see. But I mean, I won't be super shocked if it gets a seven by game time, especially if you know, Monday prime Monday night prime time like game like this with the uh, the public's going to be all over Oakland. You kind of just know that just from the way they've looked. Had that really impressive win against Denver there, uh, the prime time game before they went on the bye. Now they're coming off a bye against Houston, and I don't know. This is a not a, not a big Houston fan, but I mean, if it gets a seven, I another another game. I'll just take the the points like that on a prime time game and. Hope they don't embarrass themselves and take advantage of that pretty shaky Oakland defense, but definitely be pretty hesitant with with that. I mean, especially at this number, I don't want, want to take it, but definitely don't like laying points here with Oakland. Just I think they're pretty overvalued, probably the most overvalued team in the league right now by I'd say a pretty decent margin. I guess other than New England, but that's kind of just a given. But and then I also do like the the total as well. I'm seeing sitting at 46, 46 and a half. It uh, I, I like the over here a decent amount. So that might uh, might be something I release here before the public gets involved. And on the prime time, usually the public is going to want to get these, these totals up. So, and it also is a, I want to mention. I don't know if you mentioned it, a Mexico City uh, game. It's a home home game for Oakland technically on the schedule, but it's going to be played in Mexico City. So I don't know. This might be a game with uh, the higher altitude. Everything. I think it might just be a, more more of a shootout type of game. So I do like the over here. And uh, at seven, I would would lean would lean on Houston. I say, have you seen this game before? Is this a repeat of the the Denver Oakland game a couple weeks ago? Like basically, is Houston was their their Denver light basically? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I that's the way I would look initially too. It's just like I I agree that Oakland's overvalued. They're extremely uh, popular in terms of public betters and are. Now that they're winning and also doing it in a kind of a sexy fashion, uh, there's a ton of support for them. So I think uh, there's money to be made betting against them, but I'm not sure this is necessarily the spot to do it. I don't know 
but there hasn't been a whole lot of games. Has there been any games played in Mexico City before? You know? Yeah, there's one. Um, okay. In oh yeah. 2007 or something like that. Okay. 2005 so, or six. There's like not that. a huge sample size in terms of knowing, you know, how this really affects either team. There's kind of an unknown there that uh, makes it a little bit difficult, and then also, I just don't know if I. Uh, it's not a true road game, so it's not Osweiler on the road, but it's not Osweiler at home either. Uh, so it's, I don't really trust the uh, the Texans' offense. If Oakland gets going offensively, I don't really trust uh, Houston to, to get back into it really. But uh, I also I don't feel like buying Oakland at what I think is probably their peak either. So uh, to me, I guess is I don't I don't even feel comfortable enough teasing Oakland just because. I, it's, there's got to be a game where stuff starts going wrong for him, and uh, Del Rio, you know, is, goes from laughing and smugly smirking on the sidelines to getting a little fired up and pissed off. And they're just they're too cocky and arrogant of a team, and just fundamentally not sound enough to the point where there's stuff's got to go wrong for me sooner or later. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was this week, but I also don't feel confident enough in the Texans to to necessarily bet on that to happen. So I'll be, I think this is a kind of interesting from a just viewing standpoint. So I'll be definitely uh, watching this game, but I don't totally see myself really having anything on it from a, from a betting perspective. So that concludes the, the week 11 board here. And now we'll uh, jump on over to a quick concept corner here. Now, clear your head as we back into Concept Corner. All right, so in the Concept Corner this week, I uh, just want to talk quickly about uh, just betting uh, percentages in terms of your profitability. We've talked about before you have to hit 52.48% to break even long-term. 38. 38, okay, 0.38. And, uh, so, and I know a lot of your casual bettors will want to bet parlays where they just risk a little to make a lot. But uh, it's just not a you know not a profitable way to, to go about winning money in the long term. So I just want to kind of give a little little fun with numbers here in terms of uh, what kind of profit you can make by just betting consistently. Uh, this you know same bets or similar bets over the course of uh, a lot of games and how the profits can add up, even though it doesn't necessarily seem like it in any one individual game. So when you're looking at what you can control. Uh, in terms of your betting, you can control how many games you bet and how much you bet. And the one thing you can't control necessarily, um, for sure, is the uh, amount you win, uh, the percentage of, of your bets won. So for this little exercise, I'm just going to say you can hit at a 55% clip, which is, is tough to do, and obviously people can make a living doing that, but I just wanted to kind of illustrate how profitable it can be if you uh, do win at 55%, which a lot of people don't think is that impressive or it doesn't sound overly impressive. You're saying, oh, you're only winning a little bit more than half the time. But uh, over the course of a long haul, it can, it can definitely add up. So say just say you're betting $100 a game and you bet, say, 100 games in the NFL season. At uh, 55%, you're only making $550. So that's not not a ton, but it's also you know, five, five and a half times, uh, you know, which, what you're betting. So say you could either upgrade, of course, the money you're betting, but I don't think it's super feasible that a lot of people are going to be betting much more than that. So say you just put it out over the course of um, a thousand games, then of course your profit jumps all the way up to 5,500. 
So if you're betting other sports, you know, the baseball and other stuff as well over the course of multiple years, um, you know, the profits are going to start to, to add up, assuming you can keep up with that rate. Uh, and then say you have a really good year or a really good period in your bet, say you're hitting 60% of your games. Well, then if you're betting $100 over the course of a 1,000 games, then your profits are all the way up to 16000 So even though you're only betting 100 in any one game, you're only winning that 100 obviously. Um, if you just do it, stick to it consistently over the course uh, of more and more games, you can you can pile up the profits that way, even though it, you're only hitting six out of ten of them right. So it just seems like you're kind of uh, just kind of holding steady, but uh, it can actually uh, end up being pretty profitable there long term. So that's kind of your goal should be is to try to hit 55, 60% and just kind of steadily accumulate profits. And then, of course, one way to, to make more um, is obviously if you're able to bet more or you're just slowly, steadily building up your bankroll uh, over the course of a couple of years and, and uh, you can eventually add to your bet size, that's probably the easiest way to potentially increase profits. Yeah, I just want to add, I don't know if you mentioned about the, the juice. That's assuming 52.38%. That's at minus 110 juice. I don't know. Did you mention that? No, I didn't, but yeah, that's okay. that's a breaking so yeah, point on a normal yeah, football so bet. Yeah, so obviously we're it's a football NFL podcast, but if you're talking about baseball, hockey, or you know buying selling points along those lines, or or even you know some games they'll get to you know three minus one twenty what have you. So that's assuming it's minus one ten juice because obviously if it's you know like a hockey or baseball, you're taking underdogs at you know plus one thirty plus one forty. The the break even point's going to be in the forty forty percent range instead of the the fifty you two. Know, Fifty-two a little, you know, fifty-two plus range. So, obviously, it depends on the actual money. But you know, a standard bet is minus one ten juice. So that's just what we go off of as a standard bet. All right. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of people are just, uh, just uh, seduced by making a ton of money immediately right away, based on parlays or long shot bets that pay off a ton. But there is money to be made. Uh, just being consistent and and sticking to it. If you're if you're able to hit the winners at a at a percentage, you know over uh, over fifty fifty three percent or over, uh, you're you're going to be making quite a bit of money long term if you stick to it. Uh, if you're able to continue doing that, so I just wanted to kind of drive that point home. It's uh it's all about the long run and uh, staying consistent. So anyway, let's uh, go over and uh, do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. So last week, uh, I got my Houston pick home for my pick of the week, and you had that two-team teaser where you got Kansas City through and uh, the noon games or the early games, and then uh, you had it tied to New England in the Sunday night game, which uh, didn't quite get there. So that was unfortunate, but that drops your record to 4-4 four and four in the year, I believe. Yep. And mine is 4-3-1. and one. So I... Uh, we look like the NFC North here, <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm a half game up on you. Um, so and I got the T box still, I believe. So let's uh, let's give the, the old board a gander here and see what uh, which direction I want to go. Um, there wasn't really any bets I don't think this week that immediately jumped out at me that I thought were, um, you know, that I felt as strongly as I did about Houston last week. But I think the direction I'm going to go here is I am going to take that Chicago plus seven and a half against the Giants as my pick of the week. What do you got? All right. Yeah, I'm on a little 
four-game AS Pick of the Week slide here. Not uh, not not the best, but I think might be the week here to rebound. I uh, you know like Minnesota, a decent amount at where I got it at plus one, but not really much anymore. Three-point adjustment or so. And uh, hmm. yeah, I don't. Another one I didn't really mention a whole lot was that Miami LA total. Uh, 39 it opened at 41 40 40 and a half and it got bet down to now i've seen some 39 and a half i like again i kind of like bet against that steam i almost like the over but it's kind of tough with golf you don't really know what you're going to be getting so i really don't want to take that over and then just have him show nothing and uh, you know just sit there with your hands so i think i'll pass on that one too i think i'll look through the one i liked on monday night and i'll just take the over 46 in that oakland houston game instead and feel pretty confident about that one going over and i think we'll see a little bit of steam here late all right that sounds good well uh that'll do it here for the week 11 pod we'll uh check in with you there next week rob and uh best uh best of luck to you uh, this weekend thank you for listening to the our sports podcast Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.